2: test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family
1: no purchase
0: necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
2: the offside rule we get it with Lindsay hooper
0: Welcome back to the return of the Offside Rule podcast. We're back for another season. I know there's been a bit of a break, uh, but we have got a new member joining us. We're going to talk all things football. It's our latest time to have a chat. Uh, returning for another season, it's Kate Borsay. So thank you very much for turning up again, Kate. My pleasure. <laughs> and we also have a new member to the fold, hopefully a regular to come, uh, Hayley McQueen. We've seen your tweets. You're obviously very opinionated about football. This should be good fun. I'm going to have to be careful, but thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, you will have to be slightly careful. <laughs>
2: Take on football.
0: I think we should start out with some summer signings over the summer transfer window that have impressed, but also ones that have been a bit deflated. Uh, there's some managers scratching their heads wondering what on earth they did parting with that cash. Um, Kate Bors, they've been our regular from last season. Let's start with you. Who, first of all, impressed?
1: Kazola, definitely Santi Cazorla, uh, Arsenal signing um, uh, about fifteen million pounds uh, from uh, Malaga. He's turned out to be a great investment, hasn't he? He's just given me um, a little bit of hope back in Arsenal. Wilshere coming back too, as well. Hopefully, very very soon. Um, I think the side now looks a better balance, especially since Fabregas left. You know, there was a massive gaping sort of hole there, and so he 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 kind of fills fills that hole for me. Um, just a, a really lovely player to watch he played against uh, West Ham at Upton Park a couple of weeks ago and he was absolutely lovely there he's got balance as I said ability with both feet vision and a certain amount of creativity to him as well I just think he's a lovely player to watch he really excites me and I'm really glad for Arsenal now
0: before we start banging our negative drum let's go on to the other impressive Um, who's impressed you Hayley
2: well, I could have gone for the obvious to maybe pick one of the Manchester United players, uh, being a bit of a Manchester United fan. I say a bit, I am a Manchester United fan. But I've gone for a Chelsea player, someone I put in my fantasy football at the start of the season. I picked quite a few new players because you can keep more of an eye on them. Um, and I've been really impressed with uh, Eden Hazard. I think he's been wonderful. Uh, obviously him being Belgium, Belgium being in Scotland's group of the World Cup qualifiers. I've kept an eye on a few of their players. My goodness, they've got... An unbelievable Belgian side at the moment. I think maybe one to watch in the World Cup as well. But lots of questions asked about Hazard. Massive, massive price tag on him coming to Chelsea. Was it £32 uh, million? Pounds? And when you have a player who's played in a league, uh, like League 1 in France, which isn't Syria, A, it's not La Liga, it's not the Bundesliga, you always wonder if they're going to be able to step up to the mark and really do it in the Premier League, where it's fast-paced and you require just that little bit more. I'll do a bit of research on him before the season comes up in my fantasy league players. Both his parents, check this out, his mum was an international footballer and she played for Belgian ladies. She played in the Belgian Premier League, actually gave up football when she gave birth to Eden... And then went on to have three other sons. He's got three brothers. They all play football. Another one of them has just signed for Chelsea at at 19. And his dad as well was a professional footballer. They gave up the jobs and they're now both sports scientists. So I don't think there's any chance he's not going to go on to be uh, somebody that is great and wonderful to watch.
0: So football obviously running through the blood in that family. And I've got to say, Hayley, I've got a hunch that you're ahead of me in the fantasy football league because it was only about three weeks in that I transferred Hazard in, a bit slow off the mark there. Uh, But another Chelsea player, maybe one that we could talk about next season if we have this chat again, is Oscar. Um, His turn and swivel and that divine goal made my mouth water and um, just got me purely excited for the fact that the future for Chelsea looks very, very good indeed. And they're my tip to win the Premier League, actually. Um, But I'll move on to mine. I'm going to my Wolves roots. Uh, you avoided your Manchester United roots, Haley, but I always go with my Wolves roots, don't I, Kate? Um, I'm going to go for Stephen Fletcher as a, as a great purchase for Sunderland. Um, five in five, who'd have thought that? All of us Wolves fans, if we're honest and we put our hands on our hearts, when we got £12 million for Stephen Fletcher, we thought happy days. Um, Matt Jarvis to go not long after, of course, as well, and we're getting a real, real cash cow. But actually, um, it just goes to show, I hate to say it being a Wolves fan, but with the quality around him and the delivery that he's been Having in the boxes, he is a striker that I've always think he can score with his left, his right and his head. And that's what you want from a forward. And he's proven to be a great purchase for Martin O'Neill at Sunderland. And I'm sure even Craig Levine now having to backtrack saying he'd never pick him again for Scotland. And
1: of course, he's been playing in the internationals as well. So go on, Fletch. Uh, Negative time. Um, I'm a Liverpool fan, um, and I'm afraid I'm going to have to go with a Liverpool player. Not because I think he's an out-and-out duffer, but just because I'm upset that he now has an ankle injury and he's out for three months. I'm talking about Fabio Berini, bought for £10.5 million from Roma. He's only 21, so I'm giving him a hard time. Hayley's already gesturing me. (laughs) Um, He has scored once in the Europa League, but he was meant to be a real... Um, a real hope for us and I'm upset for Brendan Rodgers and I'm upset for Liverpool because he just hasn't done the business and he hasn't done the business when we really need him to we've only got one fit striker now Luis Suarez um, certainly from our senior team anyway Um, so I'm going to elect Barini he's only 21 I'm perhaps giving him a hard time but I'm upset as a Liverpool fan that he's now out for three months
0: Um, I'm going to go with Andrew Johnson Um, he moved to QPR from Fulham this summer so another striker someone who's gone out of sorts the last couple of seasons and when Marquise went for him originally and then he's made this move obviously since all these uh, changes over the summer at QPR lots of it comings and goings Um, he was someone that I thought "Mm, you know what I think he's had his day now maybe I'm just cementing this poor guy's career, but he's now gone and done his cruciate knee ligament, is out for probably the rest of the season. QPR spending all this money on all these players. And there's a few of them, actually, at Loftus Road that I think might end up being a bit of a duff buy. So we'll see what happens with QPR. But Andrew Johnson's the one I'm picking out.
2: The female take on football.
0: So we'll move on. We've got um, a bit of an embarrassing story come up coming up. We always have the topic where we have a bit of a giggle. That's to come, first of all, non-league day. Um, We're going to go with... Um, this because first of all I'm very passionate and I was involved with non-league day last year because I was presenting some of the Blue Square Bet Premier footage um, and it was great to see all the Premier League teams getting behind it, sending their fans um, to go and support non-league football it's something I'm very passionate about so I wanted to ask you, who is your favourite non-league side? Now I'll get you up and running because I used to be an announcer at a non-league <laughs> football club this, not everybody will know this, a small contingent of the West Midlands will know this but not everybody. Um, so, Chasetown Football Club um, used to be managed by Charlie Blakemore. And I happened to be there covering the 2007-8 season where they went on this fantastic um, FA Cup run and they got knocked out by Cardiff eventually under Dave Jones. Um, But what a year it was. It was making all the headlines. The minnows from the West Midlands doing so well and there I was in the rickety old box doing the announcing and sometimes getting the players wrong actually back then um, as I was trying to announce them. I even got jeered once like it should go to Specsavers, something I shouldn't admit for my future career. But um, (laughs) it was just a brilliant experience um, and a lovely family run Club who I wish every success in the future, and I do keep one eye on them.
1: Uh, Kate, you're non league side. Uh, well, I'm going to go local. I, I'm a South East London girl, um, so I'm going to go Dartford, the Darts. What I love about Dartford is that they've been going since 1888, I think, but in 92, a, a bit like a lot of clubs, they, well, in fact, prior to 92, they, they had to put a lot of money into developing their stadium. down at at Watling Street um, because of the Bradford Fire. And because of that and various other things, they got into huge amounts of debt and they ended up having to sell off Watling Street. And they reformed in 1992. The um, Supporters Association all joined together and the club was relaunched. Um, Because they kept their youth teams going, they were able to still be a member of the um, professional football league. And they've just grown and grown from there. So I think it's, it's, it's a really lovely story because from absolute desperate measures, they have come back. They're now in the conference premiere they are sixth in the table, having been promoted last season. Doing really, really well. They've got really a really good young signing called Harry Crawford, who's, all, who's already banged in six in, in 12 games. So they're a club-going places. They have really risen fairly quickly, if you think about them falling back in 1992 and, and, and having to start, start again, basically. They're a good club, a local club, and they really deserve it. OK,
2: Hayley. You're my lower league side opposite to Kate's. They're, they're slipping down a little bit. They were in League 2. Macclesfield, the Silkman, uh, Being up in uh, Manchester, I had friends who had an association with the club uh, and friends who lived in Macclesfield who used to take me along. Um, so Macclesfield were doing pretty well uh, in League 2 at the time when I was watching them regularly. It's a wonderful pitch. It's a lovely little ground. Like everybody says, there's always a real family atmosphere. Real great crowds there as well. It was pretty much uh, packed out for most home games that we went. Uh, one of the games in particular I remember it It was a really cold, miserable, dark January day. It was a couple of days after New Year, I think, when they drew Everton in the FA Cup. And I remember young uh, Wayne Rooney's little brother who was on the bench and was ready to come on. And I was thinking, oh, this could be really exciting that there's a Rooney who's coming up through the ranks, kind of hidden away at Macclesfield. So he didn't have too much pressure on him. But with a surname like Rooney, there's always going to be that pressure. John came on in the 89th minute. Everton actually only won one nil, and they fielded a really, really strong team. But it was a game I was really excited about. I can't remember who Manchester United played at Christmas and New Year at that, that time. But it was always a great time to have a bit of time off work and go home watch lots of football so that was one of my games packed amongst a lot of them and it wasn't the game at Old Trafford I was looking forward to or the Riverside it really was this one it was really exciting I mean they had Anichibi, Jagielka Leighton Baines uh, Fellaini, Tim Cahill Arteta, Osman it was a really strong side and they won by just by just a goal but another little story from there I remembered um, Wayne Rooney lives really nearby a lot of the Manchester United players get on the train at Macclesfield to head elsewhere with Manchester United so his little brother and uh, a cousin as well Tommy Rooney who I think is uh, played for Macclesfield back in 2004 5-6 um, and Wayne Rooney used to want to drop his little brother off to go to training in a morning which was just round the corner from where he lived in Macclesfield but because he drove his bin- blinged out car whatever it was a pimped-up Range Rover or a Bentley or whatever it is that Wayne Rooney drives—I can't really remember—he used to have to drop him up the road because John was too embarrassed. <laughs> that, not embarrassed of his brother, but the fact that this big car was pulling up and there's all these lads and the little, you know, Volkswagen Golfs and your Polos and your your regular cars that we all drive. Um, so that was that. The female take on football.
0: We'll move on to the most embarrassing match day story. Uh, I'm going to. Start with you, Kate.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to tell the story, and then you can tell me whether I should reveal the name or not. But I'm I'm not sure. am wh- not, not sure whether it's really particularly fair. Anyway, um, I went to go and see um, Spurs play another Premier League side, and I was um, kind of there for the other as a, a guest of the other side, and we were in um, the little um, sort of room attached to the director to the people sitting in the directors box. So they so the hospitality section of the directors box, basically. And um, the game was over and we went back in there to have a drink after the game. I think, I think it was a draw. And I was stood with my back to the, to the door, to the entrance door. And in walks... She just gestured her bottom, by the way.
0: <laughs> you pointed your bottom in the air there and I'm wondering where this is going.
1: It's so good that this isn't a visual thing. <laughs> um, so I'm stood there because I'm just playing it out, out in my head because I want to describe it without it seeming too bad. But I'm stood with my, with, with, with my back to the door... And the manager of the other side who were playing Spurs came in and um, I sort of saw out of the corner of my eye that he'd come in and he gave me a little pat on the bottom and I turned around and he looked at me as if to say, I didn't think that that was you. He had no idea that it was me, but he just basically touched my bum up thinking that I was probably his other half or someone else he knew anyway it doesn't take much for this man to go red and he went really really red and i also was completely embarrassed about it as well because when on earth do you get your bum felt up by uh, a premier league manager eh <laughs> i don't know what well, should we get her to reveal who no no, no. no we won't shouldn't. no we won't
0: <laughs> i've got to go back to 1990 for my most oh. embarrassing match day story i think because I've, I've been frequenting uh molyneux for some years on and off um And it was an endeavour at Molyneux. I very much kept it to myself, as you would as about an eight-year-old child, when you know that Manchester United are coming to play for a friendly at Molyneux, which didn't happen very often back in those days, Hayley. Uh, Wolves, really, the heyday was the 50s, just so everybody knows. Um, anyway, we, we were very excited, and back at home, my uncle got tickets for myself and my cousin, and Ryan Giggs was my favourite player, um, and has stuck around, actually, in my top few list for quite some years. And at eight years old, you don't tell your uncle when he's got you some free tickets against you, Manchester United against Wolves, that you've got a sickness bug. So I got up that morning and was churning out all sorts in the bathroom, thinking, I'm not missing this. So I didn't let on. Everyone asked if I was OK. And unlike when you're at school and you're like, I'm not very well, I was like, I'm absolutely fine and dandy. <laughs> so we'll go along. And um, we were we were sat in the stands, my cousin absolutely excited. I was out of my mind, um, waiting to see Ryan Giggs warming up. And that's about all I did see was him warming up, because then I was running to and from the toilets all game. Um, My uncle was beside himself. He was holding my head between my legs at one point because I thought I was going to faint. It was just embarrassing. All these people around me. I then put my hand in the man's pie next to me. I mean, he thought I was contaminated and wasn't going to touch it for love nor money. Um, I I was so poorly. I can't even remember what I saw. I've got my ticket still though because I have a memory box um, (laughs) and it's in there and I did. I was there. If anyone asked me, I was there. I can't remember what happened at all. Um, Hayley, on to you.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, mine involves something similar uh, along the theme of being sick. I <laughs> worked...
0: <laughs> Jamie Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Hello,
1: Jamie. <laughs> Would How you like... You
2: t- we're talking about embarrassing match day stories. Have oh, little chat to no. us too many, go, go too on. many. Too many to mention. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. That's See you. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, that was his input, <laughs> award-winning. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Yeah, I worked for Middlesbrough Football Club and I worked for Middlesbrough Football Club television. And I worked as an assistant producer for a series of programmes called the Rory (laughs) Roadshow, which was where the mascot went around meeting kids and we basically took them various little trips. We ended up going to Amsterdam, had an absolute blast with them, but we had this big fun day where we had to introduce uh, all the kids and their parents and guardians and sisters and brothers to the programme. So we had to stay at the Riverside Stadium, which we had thought we planned very well. Uh, The only problem was the guy that normally plays... Rory the Lion, that would step into the suit and have fun with old kids wasn't there that's the one thing we'd forgotten we had the suit which is kept in a cage next to the police cells (laughs) in the stadium and we had mark clement who was presenting and hosting and everybody else literally was all hands on deck i was the only one that wasn't doing anything because i was involved in the pre-planning and post-production so i had to step into the suit it was only for a matter of minutes because we didn't get him too involved that would have just been unfair so i put on this stupid suit it was during the (laughs) summer holidays it was really hot it was sweaty it was disgusting. Had these giant comedy feet on. I put the head on. It has a giant big nose. And the only air vent is kind of at the end of the nose. And you have a little kind of bit that you look through the eyes. And it was so bad. And it smelled so horrific. And it had obviously been the same guy that uses all the time that I literally just started to bork. And I could feel myself just going. <laughs> oh. And I could feel it. And it was getting hotter. And I felt sick. Oh. And I was actually sick in the nose, in the head Sinks of the thing. The head. And I couldn't do anything because I couldn't take the head off because there was little kids there, the little sisters and brothers and family members of the kids who were coming along to be involved in the programme and they would have been mortified that there was suddenly this headless lion. So I just had to get through it and literally ran out and I was like, I will refuse to ever do anything like that again. I can't tell you how much it stank. There you go. So that's my story. (laughs) The Offside Rule. We Get It with Lindsay Hooper.